And when you think of the phrase, money talks, you think about people that have lots of money and they can use that money to get what they want, right? We live in a world where they tell you that those who have money can do what they want. And if you want something, you go make money so you can buy it. That's the world we live in today. And if you want fame, you make money. If you want nice things, you make money. We spend most of our life chasing after the things that we think will make us happy. But the question that I want to answer over the next few weeks is what does God say about money? That's the important question, amen? I want to know what Scripture says. Did you know that Jesus talks about money in the Gospels more than any other topic? Isn't that crazy? to think it must be very important if Jesus said a lot of it he said oh well he's a preacher all preachers talk about money no Jesus is the son of God right and, and he wants us to know about things and, and there's things that he wants to tell us and so we're going to look at God's word over the next several weeks and uh, find out how to apply what the scripture says to our everyday life and this series we're going to look at what the Bible says about earning about spending, about saving, about giving. And today we begin with this series by talking about earning. And uh, how many of you can remember the times uh, that your small child came up to you and, and can utter the words, chase me, daddy, or chase me, mama. Do you remember that? You know, whenever they're little, hey, chase me, or whatever. And, and you would try to run around the, the room and try to grab a hold of them you know and you'd play a game and they'd run off giggling and they thought it was so funny you know I mean my kids don't do that no more <laughs> you know my kids are old now are getting older and uh, they don't want me to chase them anymore they don't want to run at all they just want to sit there like a bump on the log and, and do their games or whatever the fun's part you know uh, but when they were little 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 they would want me to chase them you know and you'd go out because you knew you could probably catch them because their little legs didn't go very fast you know uh, and you and you go chasing them around the house or out in the yard or wherever you were playing and 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 they would just giggle and y'all would laugh and you'd have fun and the object was to keep pursuing the other person until you caught them and then you'd also they would play some of y'all may remember playing chase out on the playground you know what was the point of that silly game anyway right I know it was to catch the other person, but there was really truly no point in it other than uh, you catch them when you get them, right? But, uh, they, but they would always play. These, the kids would always play until they just wore themselves out. And when you think about the world's view of money, it offers the same invitation. Money says to you, chase me, chase me. Come find me. Come get me. Come grasp a hold of me. But when we think we're about to catch it so close to a win. Money changes direction and we're forced to start again chasing and chasing. It's a never-ending uh, thing. It's a continual pursuit. And even, even when we think that we're about to catch it, there's always more chase when it comes to money. All too soon we get winded and we start experiencing the rat race of life and that game's never fun is it it's never fun it's it's like a rat race always spinning in circles and, and sure it's it, it's possibly fun at first and you think man this is great I'm living my life I'm having so much fun I get to do whatever I want to but that fun soon fades 
And I want you to know this morning that God invites you to a better way of working. Do you hear what I'm saying? He invites you to a better way of working, a way where you, you earn money through purposeful work, through serving God rather than chasing money. Now, both ways, the relentless chase and the purposeful service involve work, right? But the pace is different. The pursuit is different. And ultimately, the posture of the heart is different. Both ways result in income, but God's way doesn't come at the expense of all of the people and things most important in your life. So the question that I want to ask you today is, do you want your money to say, chase me, or do you want to teach it to recite a different script? God gives us opportunities to be in control of our money. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, go with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. And this is the first of two letters that Paul would write to his young protege, Timothy. Uh, Timothy was pastoring the church at Ephesus, and, and Paul gives Timothy instructions on what the people of, of Ephesus should be aware of. So go with me to verse 3, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm going to begin at verse 3. It says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. You ever heard that before? Can't take it with you? But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And here's verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, notice here real quickly before I finish this verse. It does not say money is evil. Do you hear me? It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, I want you to understand, when we think of money, we must understand that money is neutral. Do you hear me? And when we do work, it's a good thing. However, today's consumer culture wants you to always chase money so that you spend, spend, spend. We're moving into a time that we're going to be spending probably more money than we have all year. Some of you may have been saving all year for this time of year. I don't know. Some of you are just hoping that you get to buy Christmas presents for your family. Some of you are wondering, man, I don't know where the money is going to come from. 
you know, but it's that time of year where we are in this culture of spin, spin, spin. And if we allow this culture to rule our life, then money can become an idol. Something that we chase and devote all our time and energy to winning. And this kind of idolatry, it leads people to becoming workaholics. You know what else it can do? It can result in gambling addictions for those who want to get rich quick. It can lead to us putting our value and our worth in how much money we have rather than in God. And that's why Paul issues the warning here in our text. If we had time today to look throughout all the scriptures that the Bible speaks about money and wealth and earning and saving and giving, we, we would get an honest look at stewardship and how God wants us to handle money, but we just don't have the time to cover it all in one sermon. That's why we're doing a series to cover several things in, the, in these four sermons. And honestly, we, we got to start from somewhere because we're not going to be able to cover it all even in these four weeks. But today we're going to start looking at earning. To begin, look at what Paul writes to Thessalonica about earning money. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. You see, Scripture tells us that we should earn a living. We should work for the food that we eat. The financial motto of John Wesley, John Wesley was the founder of Methodism. He was, and his, his uh, motto was, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Now, that's some pretty good advice there, right? And we should all put that to use. And my question to you is, what is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do with the thought of, of earning all we can and, and with what Scripture tells us? I'm going to give you four thoughts this morning when it comes to earning money. Are you ready? I guess not. Are you ready? Amen. Thought number one, earn all you can, but don't forsake your calling. What is God calling you to What is he calling you to today? Okay? What exactly does it mean to work for the Lord? Some people think that it means uh, you have to go into full-time ministry or part-time ministry or have a leadership position in the church. And God does call some people to be career ministers, but not all of us. And some people are called to the job that God has planted them in. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right where you are is your calling, and where you are may be your calling for a season. And just because God has placed you there now doesn't mean that is where he is going to keep you. You see, when I stepped out of full-time ministry for seven years, God was able to use me to help different churches in areas that those churches were not able to hire someone full-time. He used me during that season in my life. And it's important that we understand that I need to be where God wants me to be. Amen? That's what we're doing. We're fulfilling the job that God has called us to do. British author C.S. Lewis, anybody ever heard of him? He's famous for his incredible children's fiction series, The Chronicles of Narnia. 
And uh, he was given a platform with Christians and non-Christians alike when he wrote about a certain lion, witch, and wardrobe. And originally, it was published from 1950 to 1956 in London. The collection, as you know, is now considered a children's literature classic. There are over 100 million copies sold in 47 different languages. By far, Lewis's best-selling work, and it has provided a platform for his Christian apologetics books such as Mere Christianity. His excellence in the literary craft then gave him more credibility when he shared the gospel. God used something as simple as a fiction book called uh, The Chronicles of Narnia to help so that people, when they read that, they now go and read his other things. I, I, I truly believe that God uses different people in different places at different times, at different points in their life, and we have to be receptive to the calling that God is calling us to so that we can be everything that God needs us to be. Amen? I want to do what God's calling me to do. Now, you may not always understand why God has placed you in the place you are, but while you are there, do it with all you have under the Lord. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. God has you there in that place to earn money as well. So don't let it take away your calling. It's so important that we don't put the job ahead of the calling. That we don't put these things ahead of what God wants us to do. Now, I'm not telling you all to go out and say, well, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go into full-time ministry because that's what the preacher said. You didn't listen to me today. You need to go back and listen to this sermon again. I said, if God has placed you where you're at, you become all that God wants you to become where you're at. Amen? Thought number two, earn all you can, but don't pay more than it's worth. You ever bought something that was more than it's worth? Oh man, if I had every dime back that I'd spent on something that was useless, I'd probably be rich. But we don't ever think about that, do we? We think, man, this might be pretty good. We were, the other day, you know those bin stores they have now? where people get a bunch of junk from like Amazon or whatever returns and they put them in these bins and they start one day, it's like $8, the next day it's $6, the next day it's 4 and it keeps going down until it gets down to a dollar. We were in one the other day, me and Kelly were, and uh, it was on the dollar day. There ain't a whole lot left. So we go in, I find this cover that I think might fit something of Brindley's, one of her devices, and I think, hey, it's just a dollar. We can try it. Needless to say, I get home, it don't fit. So I pretty much just threw that dollar away. We do that sometimes, don't we? We pay for stuff that's not worth anything. It's not worth nothing. But we don't know it until we try it, right? But as you're earning all the money you can, you need to remember that as you are earning money, don't let it be at the expense. And I'm not just talking about... Uh, uh, money here, okay? But don't let, as you are earning money, be at the expense of your life or your health. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not worth it. Always remember that there are more important things in this life than money, amen? 
And one of those things is your physical and your mental health. There are jobs out there that will take a toll on your health, including ministry jobs. I have seen, I don't know how many pastors and preachers in the last several years that are quitting the ministry because they've lost their health. They've lost their mental health. They've turned to drinking or they've turned to other things that, that because they couldn't handle the pressure anymore. Can I tell you, it's not worth it. Some people can handle certain jobs and some people just can't. And there may be times when you need to make a career change. I believe and I truly believe that there is a growing pandemic in America today called workaholism. And if you allow it, uh, 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 allow it in your job, uh, your, your job can take your health away. The thrill of making money, the excitement of closing a deal, the feeling of being needed, each of these factors can fill a need for worth that is unhealthy emotionally, spiritually, physically, and relationally, and it's simply not worth it. Earning more at the expense of our life, our family, our health, the Sabbath, and relationship with God is all in vain. Even God rested. Amen? We have to understand that there is a time and place for everything, and God is calling us to that. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work we need to be at a point in our life where we can say God I trust you with all that I have and all that I am and I know you will take care of everything else amen I want to put my trust and my faith in God's hands it's up to him and I'm going to know that he's going to take care of me he's going to he's going to guide me he's going to direct me in everything that I do thought number three Earn all you can, but not at the expense of your neighbor. When Jesus was confronted by a lawyer about what was the greatest commandment, he knew there were over 600 laws, and he was trying to trick Jesus. Look at what Jesus told him in Matthew chapter 22, beginning verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39, he says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told us that loving our neighbor was right there with loving God. And that also extends to how you treat your neighbor through your work. There is no way that we can experience the fullness of God through rugged individualism and selfishness. Do you hear me? Money can all too quickly become a point of tension and impede our relationships with others. Look at what God tells Israel in dealing with their eastern neighbors. This is found in Deuteronomy chapter 25, beginning at verse 13. He says, do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large, one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does these things, anyone who deals dishonestly I believe we all know that your neighbor's not just the person that lives next door to you right this term it applies to anyone that you encounter we come in contact with people every single day 
We come in contact with people on our jobs. We come in contact with people when we go to the store. We come in contact with people when we go to make a deal, whether it's uh, selling a car or buying a car or whether we go out and pay a bill of some sort that we owe. We deal with people every single day. And let me tell you, don't let money hinder the relationship that you have with your neighbor means in every situation we are not to cheat and never to take advantage of or rip someone off for personal gain. Do you hear what I'm saying? I worked in sales before I started pastoring full-time, and even the last year that I was here, I worked in sales for a cell phone company. And there were some guys that would do some questionable things in order to get the sell, but there was no way that I was going to do that. It would affect my witness, and then dealing with customers at some point or another, the fact would come up that I was a Christian. You see, when we honor God by honoring others, it is amazing how God's blessings flow. Do you hear me? When we honor God by honoring others, it's amazing how God's blessings will flow upon our life. When the world speaks through money, it says, you need more, you need success, you need wealth and fame, go and make a name for yourself. But God tells us to live for an audience of one. I have God watching me, amen? I have to keep my integrity. I have to keep uh, uh, the things that I know that, that God is watching. He's seeing me. He's seeing the things that I do. God's plan, it won't give you more likes on Facebook or let you get more clicks on YouTube. But those things won't fulfill you either. Those things will only bring you temporary happiness. When, we, when you've lost it all, those fans won't still be there. In 1988, a French, or I'm sorry, I think it's, I, think I wrote the wrong date now. In 1888, I believe, a French newspaper mistakenly ran an obituary for Alfred Nobel, Nobel, the wealthy inventor of dynamite. Did you know that? His brother was the one who had actually died, but seeing the words printed under the title, The Merchant of Death is Dead, caused Alfred to completely rethink his life. Eight years later, when he did die, Nobel left $9 million to fund awards recognizing those who help humanity called the Nobel Peace Prize. Start with the end in mind. What do you want your own obituary to say about you? What will people at your funeral remember? Did you point anyone towards Jesus Christ? Did you make a name for yourself or did you lift up God's holy name, the only one who can save? And the last thought I want to give you this morning, thought number four, earn all you can, but don't lose your mind. Earn all you can, but don't lose your mind. As you go through life, the Holy Spirit desires to be your God, even in money matters. And when we ask God for wisdom, God will not hold back. However, when we go against God's word and we act on our own accord to earn more, it's hard to find peace. When we act in our own accord to earn more, making more money actually weighs us down and it becomes a burden because our tactics are 
impure. Little white lies had the potential to snowball and become a big deal. This happens if we're dishonest when filing taxes, when we fudge our hours at work, or sell our own vehicle without fully disclosing things that we know are wrong with it. And can I also just say something for a moment? (coughs) Excuse me. If you're an hourly employee and you spend more time looking at your Facebook or Instagram likes and all that, you're actually cheating your company as well. I, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. We have to live in integrity when we are earning and making money. Can I tell you that your employer works hard? They have worked hard to build that company to where it is so that they can pay you in turn. And when we do things on the clock, because, oh, it's not taken. I guarantee if you were to sit there and calculate how many hours you were doing it, I bet you would realize that you were almost, some people spend more time on that phone in their job than they do actually work in the job. But hear me clearly when I say this. There is no amount of money worth your integrity or your peace of mind. So how do we work for God and not human masters? How do we earn money without chasing it? Well, here's the secret. It's the posture of your heart. We need to open up ourselves and look at our heart. What matters most to you? If if your bank account was empty and you had no money set aside for retirement, would you be content with God alone? Contentment, it's a learned skill. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Philippi this, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Are you depending on God or are you depending on money? What is the source of your wealth? What is the source of your security and your contentment? It all comes down to a complete dependence on God and money cannot buy you happiness. Do you hear me? You can work all your life. You can make all you want. But the truth is you can't take it with you. Amen? When you die, you're leaving it here for someone else to enjoy. So you might as well enjoy your family and your life and everything else that God has given you and say, God, what is it I can do to serve you? Because those are the things, that's the things that's going to matter when we get to the other side. Amen? It all comes down to a complete dependence on God. Money can't buy you love either. It can't buy you peace. And when it comes to earning money God's way, it is all about surrendering your control. And when we surrender all that we are and all that we have to God, money loses its hold on us. Amen? And when we can then work for God with all our heart, earning money without chasing it, that's when God can use your job as ministry, whether you work for a Christian or a secular organization. If God is first, God gets the glory. Amen? If God is first, God gets the glory. Think about that statement for just a moment. If God is first, God gets the glory. What does that look like? 
What would it look like to let God's love shape your purpose where you're at right now? How could his love shape the way you work, how you raise kids or grandkids, how you interact with friends, how you act while you run errands, go to the gym or spend time with friends? What does God's love flowing through you look like in your day-to-day life? Do you stop to listen? Are you more patient? Do you pray for the people that you see as you go about your day, whether you tell them you did or not? Do you let someone merge into traffic ahead of you or let someone go before you in the grocery line? What could that love look like? I know these things are hard. I struggle with some of them too. But what does a life that exudes generosity look like for you? Life says, money says, in the world's point of view, in the world's eyes, it says, chase after me. And God's saying, chase after me. We get a choice. Who are we going to chase? Are we going to chase after money and the things of the world and the things that it wants us to have? Or are we going to chase after God and live according to his plans and say, I'm going to put all my trust in you. God, I'm going to put all my trust in you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to surrender my life to you. And I'm going to know that if I, even if in the midst of having troubles and sorrows, I'm still going to place my faith in you and I'm going to ask you for help. Don't let money control you and the things that you do. Put your faith in God and believe that God wants to give you the strength that you need I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I'm not going to let money control me. I'm not going to let it keep me. I understand we got to have money to live, right? we got to have money to live in our house and, and, and to get food and put food on the table and take care of the kids and do all these great things. And all that's fine and dandy. But I promise you that if you will put God first in your life, then all of these things will fall into place. What was it Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added unto you. What are these things? I... It, Wealth and life and money and you could go on and on and on. We just need to seek Christ first. Seek God first. Seek the kingdom of God first. Put him first in our life and let everything else work out. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time that we can come here in your house. Lord, I ask if there's anybody here this morning... Maybe they struggle with some of the things that we're talking about. Maybe it just they think that they got to earn more and earn more and earn more. And they just sometimes have to understand and, and come to realization they're going to put their trust and their faith in you. Rely on you to give them the strength they need. To rely on you to, 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 to do whatever the job is that you've placed in their life. To do it with everything to your glory, to your benefit. God, if there's anyone here, God, I pray that you'd touch their heart. Speak to their life right now. That they, that they receive everything from you. That they hear your voice right now, God. Speak to them.
God, that they put everything in order. You first and everything else will flow after. You first and everything else will come after. You first and they will walk in that victory and understand that you have their back. That you're walking beside them, Lord. If there's anybody here this morning, God, I pray that you would touch their hearts. That you would touch their lives. And God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God is so good. Amen. I want to uh, just give you, we're going to have our kids come in. Jerry, send them on. And uh, they're going to collect our BGMC um, offerings. Uh, we've got lots happening in November. <laughs> um, and, you know, November's the month you get ready for Christmas. Anybody got their Christmas tree up yet? Some people, there you go. Already, some people, man, November 1st rolls around. They put it, I know people that have put it up back in, you know, July. I don't want the thing in my way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but November's the time that we start doing these things. Um, can I just say we have a church app. Be sure to download that.